if you were had a minimum wage job, you wouldn't be able to go to a bank and get a $10 million loan. Maybe back in the crazy days of, and maybe that's why that got us in trouble in the first place, you could state your income. But at the end of the day, the bank would be like, there's no way that you could pay this loan. So they do what's called an underwriting, but they're underwriting solely based on can this individual actually pay for this loan? This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Next question is, is how much can I contribute to my and asset? And that's a question that I get asked all the time because people are super confused around what's the minimum, what's the maximum, how much can I contribute? Is it an annual basis? Is it you know monthly? How long do I do this for? Like all of these questions in regard to contribution are super confusing to you know a lot of the individuals that I speak with. So it's officially my turn, isn't it? Yes. It's your so turn. to answer the question, uh, it's all going to be based around a couple different factors. One, it's going to be based around health. It's going to be based around age. And it's going to be based around uh, the amount of death benefit that you actually are getting approved for. So based off of your net worth, your annual income, and your health, you're going to get approved for a human life value of life insurance, right? So for Caleb, Caleb may be worth more than me because he's the CEO of, uh, of Better Wealth, theoretically. So because of that, he may be approved for $10 million of death benefit because if he were to die today, that's what he's worth as a human. For me, let's say my human life value is $5 million. So from a maximum amount of contribution, Caleb specifically can actually put in more money than me because his contribution is going to equal his total death benefit if I were to put in the maximum amount. So I'm just going to use examples because it's easier. So let's say that $20,000 a year equaled $5,000 a death benefit. These numbers are arbitrary. So that means I could only contribute $20,000 a year. Now, if I were to put in $40,000 a year, that maxed out my death benefit of $10 million. And that means that's the most amount of money that I can actually contribute to it. If I put in a, a dollar more than that, then that based off of the amount of death benefit I'm approved for, and that's when it becomes a modified endowment contract that you were discussing and talking about. So how much can you contribute? It's going to be based on death benefit. And it's also going to be based around what you want, right? The question is, is how much do you want to contribute? Because it's going to be based around your cash flow. It's going to be based around how much you're saving, based around what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to use the policy for. And that's also going to you know, come back full circle background of what is the minimum amount that we can put in? Uh, our minimum we have for better wealth is different than maybe the industry. And it's all going to be based around also what we're trying to accomplish as well. So if, if you believe in control, if you're an entrepreneur, and you, you know someone who believes that you're your greatest asset, we always advise that the minimum amount to start an and asset is 10K a year because we believe that if you're not hitting that landmark, not enough volume of money is going into the policy for it to make it work. And we believe that you should then go and try to find other ways to find more efficiencies to where you can have dollars coming back into your household economy to where you can then save more money, right? Or invest into yourself with courses, education, so you can learn to make more income. So then you can start an and asset as well. The, the caveat is on children. And there's <laughs> also another caveat yep. to that, but I won't, I won't even go down that road at this point. Here's, here's, I'll say another way to explain how much money can I put in and human life value because I think this is a confusing part 
people go, number one, people are like, why are we applying for that much life insurance? And like there, there's questions about the underwriting process. I'm going to relate this back to a house. And then I'm going to explain how insurance works. And I hopefully this makes sense. So if you were had a minimum wage job, you wouldn't be able to go to a bank and get a $10 million loan. Maybe back in the crazy days of, and maybe that's why that got us in trouble in the first place, you could state your income. But at the end of the day, the bank would be like, there's no way that you could pay this loan. So they do what's called an underwriting, but they're underwriting solely based on can this individual actually pay for this loan? Okay. So I want you to think about that in the back of your head because insurance companies do the same type of underwriting, but the idea of insurance, like when you insure your home, when you insure your car, when you insure other things in your life, there cannot be an incentive to like want to use that insurance. So for instance, you should not be incentivized to burn down your house. If if our house is worth a million, but I got it insured for 3 million, I'm not saying that this would happen, but I'm just saying like, there may be a thought in my head to be like, wow, this house is actually worth more burned down to the ground than, than standing. Mm. So insurance by its definition, you can't over-insure something because that, that defeats the purpose. You can't get rich off of insurance. Now let's think about that. We think about underwriting, we think about, the, the you can't get rich off of insurance is when it comes to a human being to make this to tap into all the tax benefits of life insurance you you need it to be life insurance okay and but to qualify you need to be able to get underwritten and obviously need to be healthy so there's that third aspect but not everyone can qualify for the amount of life insurance. So for me, I might be able to qualify for 10 million. In your example, you 5 million. So that's like they look at our assets and they look at their cash flow and say, at your human life value, Dom, is 5 million. My human life value on paper is 10 million. Okay. So they get that in place. And then they say, are you even healthy enough for us to take that risk? Because if you were super sick, they would say, sorry, we're not going to insure you because it's just too much of a risk. Same with me. So I just want you to know as you go through this process, understand that like the, the maximum amount is very much they look at your cash flow and assets. They go through underwriting to make sure that you're not over-insuring, that you're not, there's no incentive for foul play. Um, and, and sometimes looking at a mortgage can kind of help us understand that process a little bit more. It's a great question. And um, I think this is something that we're trying to get cleaner as we just explain the underwriting process. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.